You're listening to Toolbox of the Trades, brought to you by Service Titan, a podcast for top service professionals where we interview leaders for their best tips and tricks of the trades. Learn how industry trailblazers stay ahead of the competition and how you too can be at the forefront of an industry. Let's jump in. Hello and welcome to the Toolbox for the Trades, presented by Service Titan. This is the podcast where we chat with top service professionals about the tools, tips, and tricks they use to dominate their industry. In this first season, you'll hear from top contractors around the world, like John Akoyan, who built a $50 million plumbing enterprise on the West Coast, and Weldon Long, the service selling expert who authored the New York Times bestseller, The Power of Consistency, Prosperity Mindset Training for Sales and Business Professionals. He also built a $20 million service enterprise while he was at it. These interviews will be conducted by me, Jackie Abel. I'm the content marketing manager here at Service Titan, and within my role, I have the privilege of speaking with these incredible entrepreneurs about the challenges they faced and overcame while they did what most of us just dream of doing, achieving the extraordinary. This podcast is me sharing those interviews with you and other contractors at all stages of their business journey. One common theme that comes up time and time again as I speak with these technicians turned CEOs is leadership. Given what's happening on a global scale in 2020, we're thinking a lot about leadership at Service Titan and what an important role it plays in business success. And not just during business as usual, but during a crisis. So to kick off this season of Toolbox for the Trades, I figured who better to interview than the CEO of Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing, which did $101 million in revenue last year, by the way, and the author of the Emith HVAC Contractor, Ken Goodrich. This mini interview is me chatting with Ken about his leadership style. I hope that this first episode, as well as all of the interviews on Toolbox for the Trades, will not only provide you with the strategies you can use at your own service business, but also inspire you to reach out to your fellow tradeswomen and men to ask and offer help and guidance. Remember, a rising tide lifts all boats. Now, without further ado, here's Ken Goodrich. Thanks for being with us today, Ken. Um, so your story and your background is very well known, but for any people who don't know who you are, can you tell me a little bit about how you started off in the trades? Okay, so uh, you know I, I have a radio ad that we put out and it kind of tells the story, but uh, it kind of goes like this. I was a 10-year-old boy holding the flashlight for my dad while he worked on an air conditioner for a customer. His name was Duncan Goodrich. He didn't talk much, but there's a certain kind of magic that happens when a son holds a flashlight for his father. I held it steady and quiet, and dad talked to me while he worked. He said, when a person needs help, you go right away, not when it's convenient for you. He said, always do the right thing, always do what's right. And he said, the Gettle Iron Horse is a magnificent machine. Nothing else even comes close. At dad's funeral, I realized every time he was handing me that flashlight, he was passing the torch. And my dad believed in Gettle Air Conditioners. So I bought the company, Gettle, G-O-E-T-T-L. It'll keep you cool, but it's hard to stop. We'll do everything we can do to, to I forgot the rest. But that's the, that's the story. That's awesome. Uh, I love how and you- So I started holding the flashlight for my dad at 10, and I was enslaved in the family business. So just to be clear, your dad didn't own Gettle, but he worked for Gettle. And then once your father passed away, you purchased the business. 
No, actually, uh, now Gettle was started in Phoenix, Arizona, 1939, and they actually invented the residential air conditioner. They actually are credited by the History Channel on a, on a documentary by making Phoenix, Arizona habitable by bringing refrigerated air conditioning to homes. So anyway, and my dad was a Gettle dealer in Las Vegas, so he sold the equipment in Las Vegas. And interesting enough, the first air conditioner I lit up with my flashlight was a Gettle. And the first one I ever repaired was a Gettle. And the first one I ever installed was a Gettle. And the first one I ever sold was a Gettle. And my dad died when I was 25, and I bought the business from my mom. Gettle was the only company that would give me credit to operate with. And so, you know, I, I mean, I was a Gettle dealer all the way up until they stopped making the Gettles in 2007. And they always had a contracting arm inside the business, service and replacement arm inside their business. And uh, Gettle fell onto some hard times in 2012. And I was able to buy it in 2013, January 2013. Uh, and I just kind of felt like it was my destiny. I mean, from full circle from lighting up the Gettle unit with my flashlight to be the CEO. That's incredible. And I know that you have a history of really resurrecting service businesses that have kind of fallen on tough times like Gettle. You've in fact sold 24, I believe, after you successfully turned them around. And I think Gettle as of recently had hit 101 million last year. Is that correct? It is. When I took it over in 2000, you know, in 2013, the year before, it did $11 million in sales and lost $3 million, $250,000 a month that was bleeding. And so, you know, my team has done an incredible job growing that business and growing our brand. And so now, I mean, I bought it when I bought it, it was only in Phoenix. Now we're in Tucson, Las Vegas, Corona, California, Simi Valley, Cal uh, California, and San Antonio. That's incredible. I can only imagine that it takes a lot to really turn a ship around, especially one that's bleeding 250000 a month. And I imagine that takes a whole hell of a lot of leadership. So how do you define your leadership style? And how do you try and lead teams that are kind of, that you want to shape, if that question makes sense? Yeah. So let me, let me get, let me answer that in a kind of a roundabout way. So I started no different than anybody else in a service truck. When I bought the business from my dad, from my mom, after my dad passed away, it was me in a van. I mean, that's how I started. And I quickly hired employees and became a big, big shop businessman and got my new loafers and slacks and shirt and didn't got rid of my van, got a BMW. That's what you do. Right. And so, and then I quickly, well, within a year or so, became upside down. You know, I, I was, you know, I was um, financially challenged. So long story short, I got this E-Myth book from Michael Gerber. I applied his principles religiously. I kept it in my back pocket for 36 months. I read it 39 times. I implemented it religiously and turned the business around. So from that action, for me, screwing up my own family business, so fast and fixing it, I kind of became a, a, a turnaround expert in the industry. And, and the only, really the only reason why I did it, I mean, I was young, I was in my, I was 25, 26, 27. 
But the reason why, main reason I did is because I couldn't go bear to tell my mom that I had crashed the family business that my dad ran successfully for 20 years. And so I couldn't stop. I had to get through it. So, you know, I think some of that determination and grit has certainly was taught to me by my dad, but certainly going through that challenge has uh, is a big part of my leadership in that I am, my goal is to make everybody that comes in, into my organization better, you know, a better leader, better technician, better person, more determined person, a better father, you know, just not have any limits and not have any boundaries and understand how to break through boundaries. My, obviously my leadership style has evolved. For those of you who know me back 20 years ago, I'm probably not as kind as, was, was probably not as kind as, and gentle as I am today. And I think that happens just with, with age and experience, right? So I would call my leadership experience, uh, some of my leadership styles are, I have an innate ability. I've, I've developed an ability to find talent. And so if someone said, what are you good at? I'd say, I'm pretty good at talent because I know where to see it and I know how to cultivate it. And I know how to, to get people thinking in the right direction for success. So I think that's part of it. I don't waver. I don't back down from a fight. I face challenges like we're having this challenge right now in the COVID. I, we face them together. I give people uh, strength to move forward. I let them do their jobs. I have, I have built the business on the systems and I train them the systems and I have taught them everybody to everything that we do is about a system. And so that if we can't develop a system and quantify the system, we just don't do it Let's see what else, you know, I wouldn't call myself a kind, gentle leader, but I'm not, a, but I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, tyrant either. And I'm not a taskmaster. So I hope that answers your question. No, it certainly did. And the things that really stuck out to me in that answer, which was fabulous, by the way, is that you, one, you made it very clear that your leadership style has grown and evolved. I mean, that's natural. And I think it's really important for anyone listening that you can change and evolve and it's natural to make mistakes. It's natural to learn as you go and as you grow businesses or your business. The other thing I really got from the last bit you said was, you know, some people might not think of me as kind and gentle. I think that when it comes to leadership, it's very, the, the, I think to, in order to kind of have that authority and to have your team look up to you for guidance, especially during COVID right now, you need to have a sense of assuredness. And I think that just comes with what you said. It's like, I don't back down from a fight. And I think that as people grow and scale businesses, you know, if you start a business, say with like, you know, one of your friends or you hire your technicians who are your buddies uh, from the neighborhood or something like that, as you lead, you kind of have to start putting yourself on this other on this other level, so to speak. And I think that's kind of what you were getting at. Did I, did I totally make that up in my head or, or how does that sound to you? What I just said. Uh, I, I think, I think you're right. And I think uh, another thing that I, I just, I believe I naturally do. And I think it's important for uh, any, anybody in the trades is because I know the trade so well. I mean, I've been doing it for I don't want to date myself, but <laughs> 45 years or so. And 
I can relate to my people, right? I can talk to them. I know the challenges and I talk to them about the trade and I pat them on the back and, you know, I, sh- I showcase their, I call it artwork, you know, in air conditioning and plumbing, because I'm a AC plumbing guy when the pipes are straight, nice and clean and the machines working great, I call it artwork and I call them artists. And so I make sure I mix with everybody inside the organization. And that's not always easy to do. We're getting so large now, but um, when I do, I do go to the branches regularly. I make sure that I'm talking to the, the guy that cleans the yard to the guy that runs the warehouse to the sheet metal guy, to the, the plumbers, to the air conditioning guys, you know, I'm, I mix with everybody. Uh, I work the room. I think that's so important. And I think it actually comes down to respect. I all, I, by the way, I also love that you refer to amazing plumbing and HVAC work as art because it really is. I mean, I've seen some beautiful installation jobs and it's also a hyper-technical one. I think it's so important now more than ever to really connect with your team, to listen to them and to show that you respect and care about them, especially as technicians are on the front lines as essential workers going into people's homes who may be sick. Do you agree? Well, hundred percent. You know, we, we use this, uh, we use this consulting firm called MAP, Management Action Programs out of Newport Beach, and they teach the fundamentals of management and leadership. And we use this for our, you know, trades people to, to, get, to, to get them up to speed as we promote them through the ranks to understand how to manage and lead. And one of their key scenes is, is something I think is important for what we're talking about is great leaders are great actors. And it took me a while to, to get embrace that because I've always just never wanted to be fake. You know, it just, I can't be fake. I just got to tell you like it is, you know, but I've kind of evolved with that concept that, you know, it's more about you have to put on the brave front, Right. You got to put on the brave front to everybody. You got to empathize and you got to with them and you have to make sure that they know you got their back. But even when you're not feeling it, even when you're scared, even when you're aggravated, even when, you know, you're just pissed off, you know, you just got to put on the front and be the brave man and go do it. Yeah, I think that's some excellent advice for everyone listening right now who's, who are dealing with technicians who are probably very scared. Pivoting a little bit, can you talk to me about some leaders that have made an impression in your life and what kind of impression they made? So um, I guess I'm going to, I'll throw my dad out there. It may be sound cliche, but my dad was a different sort of character and uh, he was he was a very intelligent guy and he was very entrepreneurial and he would just brave through all, you know, different challenges. Uh, you know, he was an engineer and he would buy government surplus, right? Electronics, radio equipment, Geiger account equipment, uh, big machinery and at these auctions for pennies on the dollar. And, you know, he, he'd have, uh, you know, me and my friends clean it up and he would get it working and we'd sell it all over the world. Right. Uh, so he just braved, he braved through all the challenges. He just showed, showed me and everybody else that there's nothing you can't do. Right. Next thing I would say, Michael Gerber. So Michael Gerber is the author of the E-Myth. 
you know, this guy has right, he wrote the number one best selling business book of all times, the units revisited, right? And he's helped millions of people. He's sold five and a half million copies of these books. There's nobody that's in business that really doesn't have his her of Michael Gerber. And so I, I think he's been a true inspiration to me the whole time. You know, I met some good leaders in, in the course of my time, um, you know, that I've worked with. I don't have anybody notable, like, you know, everybody says they want to have dinner with Bill Clinton. Yeah, I would like to have dinner with Bill Clinton. I don't know how much he's influenced me, but, uh, you know, I'll just definitely play a mean, uh, mean uh, saxophone tune for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the leaders that influenced me are just the people that I've come into contact on my journey in building my business. Certainly, you know, guys like Jim Abrams in the past who uh, ran Success Group International was a key influencer on me. Matt Michelle, who runs Service Nation and Service Nation Alliance Service Roundtable, has been a key influencer on me as well. So um, I think for anybody in what we do, it's incumbent upon them to get out there and mix and mingle with in these best practice groups because that's where I found the best influencers in my life. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a message that we're going to hear time and time again uh, on this first season of the podcast. So you're certainly not alone in that point of view. I will Um, tell you this. I will tell you this, and this is going to sound contrived, but it's not, you know, someone who's really influenced me and and I believe is a great leader and well wise beyond his years is, is Ara, mm -hmm. you know, the service Titan CEO. I mean, he just has a very pragmatic and logical way of looking at things. And, you know, he has a way about him. He can, he can disagree with you and not make you feel, not make you feel like you're in an argument. He just has a good way of reasoning. And, uh, you know, I've tried to, you know, study some of his techniques and implement them as well. That's awesome. Uh, I agree with you, actually, as someone who's worked under Ara's team for over two and a half years. And speaking of Ara, you know, you mentioned being deliberate and uh, being very, and that kind of comes with being goal focused too, right? So as a leader, you know, now in spring of 2020 in the, uh, in the you know, in the grips of COVID-19, what advice would you give to leaders who now have to pivot strategies and completely change the way they're doing, uh, the, the way they're working uh, within their shops? So uh, I would say number one, you know, we are an essential service business and we were essential service business before the term essential service business ever came out. You know, I've always said to my people, air conditioning is not a luxury. It's a life support system. And the really same thing with plumbing. And we, we have an obligation. We put ourselves in this business, but we have an obligation to our customers to make sure that their life support system is working and reliable and not prone to breaking down, especially now when their houses are occupied two, three, four times more than they usually are. The systems are being used that much more. And so we got to go out and protect our communities. I mean, think about the challenges that will exist is if everyone's HVAC system or significant amount of breakdowns happen or plumbing system challenges you know, how's that going to compound to the problems that we have? So 
you know, you have to believe in that. And, and I've always believed in it. It's my obligation. There's nothing better than going to, to fix somebody's air conditioner in the middle of the summer in Las Vegas or Phoenix when it's 117 degrees out and, and the, just the look of thankfulness in their eyes, thanking us for helping them. I mean, there's, that's a big part of why our people go out and do that every day. So the real sense of accomplishment there. So you got to believe in that. You have to believe in that concept. And then that concept has to, you have to influence your whole team the same way. Certainly. And so that's what we've done, you know, with this challenge we set out, right? My, my, message, my message is very similar to my people. Like, this is who we are and this is our obligation. This is our duty. This is what we do. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that's great advice. What's so, so you actually, so you uh, authored the E-Myth contractor, uh, the E-Myth HVAC contractor with Michael Gerber. So, you know, a lot of contractors look up to you as, you know, this HVAC God, as this guy who has like nailed down this process. You know, people come to you for advice all the time. You graciously give it all the time. What's, if you had a megaphone or some sort of way to embed one piece of advice to all contractors everywhere, what would it be? So in the email book, Michael Gerber explains how all small businesses start and it's with what he calls an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial seizure. And it's where the technician, and the technician does not have to be an air conditioning technician, if you will. The technician is somebody who does the technical work of anything. A graphic artist is the technician of graphic art company, graphic arts company, right? And so, you know, everyone has said, I can do this on my own. And so I guess the one thing I would say is you have to clearly understand that just because you know how to fix an air conditioner or a plumbing system does not make you a business person, does not give you the credentials to run a business. And they're two distinct, distinct different disciplines. So if you decide you want to go into business or you're in business and struggling, go get the knowledge on how to be in business. I tell people nowadays, I've resided the fact that I'm not in the air conditioning and plumbing business. I'm a business builder. And so I implement the concepts that I taught, got taught years ago from Michael's book about how to build a business. I just happen to be the technician, understand the technical work of air conditioning plumbing. So that's the easiest one for me to do. And I certainly have been involved in other businesses too. But if I, so if I can narrow down the answer, I'd say, before you start or when you're struggling, go get the knowledge you need to run a business. I think that's great advice. And that's actually what we're trying to do here at Toolbox is we're trying to deliver contractors the info they need to run their businesses as smoothly and successfully as they possibly can. So what a great way to kick off the first season of Toolbox for the Trades, Ken. I didn't even ask you to say that. Well, I, I think it's... Um... Listen, I'm just trying to save people 10 years. I mean, it, I really feel like it took me 10 years of struggle before I really got it. So I really got some real momentum behind it. Um, and, you know, as soon as I did, I was able to sell the business for multi-millions of dollars. So I figured it out. But if I can save my industry fellows 
a few years off their lives and a few struggle and stress, you know, I, I don't, I like to give back. Love that. Any final words on leadership? I think, um, don't be afraid to say you don't know. Don't be afraid to be a human. And I think that that garners a lot more respect than always being the smartest guy in the room. And I don't know when I started that years ago, I just said like, I don't know. I don't know the answer. You help me, you know, to my people, give me the answer, help me. And that fosters a real team environment. So just being human and letting everybody know you're human, but you're also determined leading, leading them. You care about them and you're going to, and you're going to lead everybody down the right path. They'll follow you. I love that. Ken Goodrich, thank you so much for helping me kick off season one of the toolbox for the trades. Is there anything that you'd like to promote other than your fantastic book? So, okay. So I told the story on, on the, on Service Titan uh, webinar, whereby in 1988, I was sitting, broke down in my 1975 service van in the middle of the summer, overheated, and I'm pissed off. And this guy pulls up in this fancy sports car at gas pumps. And I happen to know him. He went to school with me a couple years older. And he kind of stopped me, you know, like here I'm sitting in my dirty tech shirt, my dirty van and overheated. Right. And I, and I started thinking about, man, I work so hard. I mean, I, I, I'm working in attics and on roofs and it's 120 degrees outside. And I'm working with high pressures and temperatures and electricity and whirling fans and all this stuff going on. I got I got to do something different. I cannot work this hard and not have the ability to have what this guy has, who's, I don't know what he did. He sold real estate or something. And so I said, look, I'm going to build a business with systems. And I was just getting the email stuff at that time. I'm going to build a business with systems whereby I can make a respectable living and I can make a living that is worth all these risks that I take. And so I got a yellow pad while the engine was cooling down. I started writing this stuff and I said, okay, the only way I'm going to get this done is I'm going to develop these systems and I'm going to develop them for my people. And then I'm going to, I'm going to develop systems and methods for running this business that will improve the entire industry. I love it. And so I've spent my time doing that sharing over the years because I felt like if I was helping other people, they would push me up and I think it's, it's worked. And so I'm happy to share. I'm happy to help. I don't know. I talk to five, 10, 15 guys a day that, that just want to run things by me because I just think that that what's, that's what, moves me forward. I love that, Ken. And I can certainly, in my time knowing you, I can certainly see why so many people look up to you. And it has been nothing short of a pleasure to work with you on Service Titan content for our contractors, for our customers, for people who follow us. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. I'm happy to do it. Big thanks to Ken for helping me kick off the toolbox for the trades. For those listening, visit servicetitan.com slash leadership to access our full playbook on leadership during a crisis, authored by our own CEO, Ara Medician, or click the link in our show notes. 
To make sure you don't miss an episode, be sure to subscribe to the Toolbox for the Trades wherever you get your podcast. And to all of our essential workers out there, be safe and stay healthy. Now, before we go, I want to share an anecdote that Ken shared with me before we technically began the interview. Don't worry, I asked him if I could share it. It's the origin of his renowned Sadie Certified campaign at Gettle. If you're desperate to find a laugh amongst your COVID-19 newsfeed, just like I am, I hope this story brings you as much joy as it did for me. Enjoy. Because, well, because of the brand, is Ken a real guy? Are you Sadie Certified? You know what Sadie Certified is, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Now, let me tell you that story real quick. So we kind of got Sadie by accident. It was for my son's seventh birthday. And I said to my wife, I said, listen, Wendy, do not go get the dog until I can come with you because I want to help pick him out. Because in my mind, I didn't want to get a little Fifi dog. You know, I want to get him a, a boy's dog, a man's dog, golden retriever, you know, chocolate lab, something like that. Right. And so of course I worked late that night and I'm coming home. She goes, Oh, we got the dog. I'm like, Oh no. What'd you get? She goes, Oh, we got a soft coated wheat terrier. I go, Oh no. What is that? And she goes, well, well, he, you know, he has to have a hypoallergenic dog. There's not so, you know, so there's only so many choices, but she said, when she walked by, Sadie put her paw up as Duncan walked by, and it was over, right? So they get them, and you've seen them when they're pups. Mm-hmm. They're like little teddy bears. They're like little yeah. Ewoks. Yeah. yeah. That's what I always say. It's little teddy bears. So it was cute, and, and it played around, but I was always a little agitated about the dog. And then the dog, Sadie, just loves me. She sits and stares at me. She walks with everywhere I go. And when I would get home, she would jump. And she would jump on everyone who came, jump and claw and jump and claw and jump and claw. So I'm not a, you know, I'm, I wasn't mean to her, don't get me wrong, but I was always a little, you know, agitated with Wendy about the dog because it just didn't go the way I wanted to go, right? So anyway, my attorney one day says, hey, the contractor, the head of the contractor's board is making some odd comments about you. And, uh, you know, you should start politicking or you should go get to know these people and, and connect with them. And I go, why? I go, what are we going to talk about? And he goes, well, I, I need you to know all the small guys, that's what they do. They kibitz and they talk to these people and they all have relationships except for the big guys. So the little guy, little guys complain about you taking all their business and, and are putting a negative impression upon the contractor's board. I said, all right, well, what am I going to talk about with this, to this woman? He said, all she cares about is her, is her wheat and terrier. And I go, wow, I got a wheat. He goes, well, there you go. There's what you got in common. So I figure out where I can meet her and, and what Chris, there was a Christmas party that she was going to be at. So I, Wendy and I go to the Christmas party and, you know, I work up my nerve and I'm, I'm going to go talk to her. So I go up and I introduce myself. And she was a little standoffish. I said, I understand you have a Wheaton. She goes, well, yes, I'm the foremost authority on Wheaton Terriers in the state of Nevada. Right. I'm like, oh. I said, hey, is there anybody who can train them to not jump? She said, oh, you can't train that out. That's it's in their DNA. It's called the Wheaton Greeting. 
I'm like, okay, good. So, and then she said, um, and she's talking about how she takes her dog Baxter and their sheep herder kind of dogs. And so she takes them twice a year to Reno the sheep herd. And I go, well, maybe Sadie can come along. She goes, Oh, I know Sadie at the, from the groomer. So I'm like, I'm connected. Like I'm, I'm the, I'm a, the bureaucrat connector right now. Right. I'm feeling good. And so we're talking about the dogs and my wife walks up and says, what are you guys talking about? And, uh, the woman looks at Wendy and says, oh, we're talking about the Wheatons. And Wendy looks her right in the eye and says, oh, he hates that dog. <laughs> and, the, and this woman says, well, it was nice to meet you. She took two steps back, put on her coat, and left the party. Oh, my gosh. And so I, I'm like, do you, you realize what you just did? You just put a, the death warrant on me now. And so that woman... For like five years, she would never talk to me. She, every time my attorney would go there, she would say, are you still representing that guy that hates dogs? I mean, it was terrible. I tell Roy the story and about the wheat and greeting. And I did tell him, I said, you know, I bring people over that I'm, that are a little sketchy in my, that, that work for me. And I, like I'm thinking they're odd. I bring them over. Cause you got to imagine I have the most badass air conditioning system and plumbing system ever right obviously and so i when i bring her over the, the people that i'm always concerned about sadie verifies for me because she'll run and hide and she won't jump on give them the weed and greet right and then i tell him the story we got to get this woman to like me what are we going to do and he goes okay here's what we're going to do i'm going to write an ad about the wheat and greet and that sadie sadie checks all your employees so you got to have to start doing that i go well she does a lot anyway but okay and then we're going to get sadie pups made stuff Sadie pops and we're going to give them out on every call. Right. So we started this Sadie campaign and, and when we did it, it just, it went like I got on the news a bunch of times, the newspaper did an article about it. And then the phones were ringing off the hook. My dog is the same way, six cents. So anyone who's Sadie certified can come to my home. And we did, we do millions of dollars a year over this thing, but it was only to get this woman off my back. We put Sadie on billboards. We got the stuffed animals, blah, blah, blah. And then finally one day I give some stuffed animals to give to say, give to the lady at the contractor's board. So my attorney brings them to her, you know, she said, I love those ads. And he goes, well, those ads are for you. You understand? She goes, Really? She goes, oh, my God, I love those ads. I love the puppies. I love Ken. So that's how we got it done. The grit and know-how required to tackle your community's toughest jobs hasn't changed. But the way companies run their business has. Service Titan is the only field service software that was born in the trades, built for the trades. If you're interested in seeing what Service Titan can do for your business, request a demo at servicetitan.com slash trades, and we'll send you a new Milwaukee tool set, plus a free iPad when you sign up. That's servicetitan.com slash trades. You've been listening to Toolbox for the Trades, presented by Service Titan, the leading home and commercial field service software. Please subscribe to Toolbox for the Trades wherever you get your podcasts to hear all of our episodes. Want to learn more? Check out servicetitan.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening.